It's time for episode 517 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Friday, August 18th, 2023. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast where we travel through time, unlike all the other tech podcasts. My name is Dan Morin, and I am joined for this special Friday episode of Clockwise by my good friend, my pal, my dungeon buddy, because we play Dungeons & Dragons on the internet together, the one and only Micah Sargent. How are you doing this fine Friday, Micah? I'm hanging in there, Dan. It's a little weird to be sitting down for a Clockwise on a Friday, but uh, yeah, we've got plans, man. Plans this week, so we've got to do it at That's some point. Right, yeah. We have to get this one in because Mike and I will both be away next week, so enjoy. Uh, but for you, it's probably Wednesday. Anyways, we are still, despite the different day of the week, joined by two fantastic guests this week. To my left, it's the consumer tech reporter at Gizmodo, Florence Ion. Welcome back, Flo. Hello. And don't forget my material podcast on this network, I have to say it. Oh, right here on Relay FM. Indubitably, and to my left, the managing editor at Max Stories, it's John Voorhees. Welcome back, John. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. All right, so let's get this episode kicked off. Um, reading about Apple's upcoming M3 chips makes me realize that my M1 MacBook Air is still chugging along just fine. I want to know what draws you to actually upgrade your hardware. Is it just the faster chips? Is it new features that you really want? Or do you really just wait until you run something to the ground? And do you have a different upgrade strategy for, say, mobile devices like phones versus computers? Flo, why don't you start us off? Well, I actually just updated my laptop at the end of 2021. So usually what I do is I try to wait five years before... I even think about replacing whatever my work, you know, my main machine is. Uh, but I use Windows, <laughs> so um, you know, and and it's been it's been okay with the different like Intel chips and all that. Like they've been long lasting for me to be able to wait that long. Uh, the phone, however, is the thing that I do upgrade every single year. And the thing is, I don't buy the most expensive phone a because I have access to them anyway, as per my position of covering smartphones, uh, but also because you you really don't need to. But I also just like to have like what's new in in the affordable realm. I, I just like to have something new and it's, you know, <laughs> That's okay. just, you trade it judging. in and it works. Yeah. Um, I, I, I it's interesting because I kind of feel the same way. And when it comes to the phone, there are times where I'll go, oh, you know, this this year's upgrade is meh uh, or it's it's not that interesting. But I like having something new. It's nice um, when it comes to computers, though. Yeah, I have um, the M2 MacBook Air and I could see myself using this for many, many, many years. It is the best laptop I've ever owned, and it's so stinking zippy, and the battery lasts for so long. It's just a wonderful little machine, and I don't like it's. It's, it's my little friend. I don't want to get rid of it. Uh, whereas the phone, 
they, I, I'd never get that level of attachment to them. Uh, it's like, okay, time for you to go now. I'm ready for the next one. And it doesn't have to take that much. And of course, part of that is the work that I do, uh, where in my case, I do not have access to these things ahead of time. Um, and so we end up buying them and, you know, doing reviews and, and, uh, stuff like that after the fact. Uh, so I think that like flow i i would probably also um you know keep from upgrading as often if i did have that early access to at least get to try out what's new but yeah having something new is fun in some places but in others i form that attachment i want to keep it as long as i can john what about you yeah i th- i think i'm kind of similar i mean obviously i guess since i do i i write for a living about tech i probably upgrade more in more frequently than a lot of people. And I always upgrade my iPhone every single year. It's more complicated with computers, though. I I live kind of a desktop, laptop lifestyle. I've got a Mac Studio on my desk, and it's an M1 Max from uh, last summer is when I got it. And that's going to sit there for four or five years at least. It's really powerful, and it's been really I've been really happy with it. With the laptops, though, I've got an M1 MacBook Air. And it's still more than enough for most of the things that I do. But when that 15-inch model came out, I got really tempted to pick it up. But I didn't. I waited because I felt like the M2 just wasn't quite enough more power in terms of the chip speeds and so forth to make it, it worth the difference. So for me, it's kind of a combination between chip speeds, new hardware features, and things like fast SSDs, or maybe there's more RAM or something available in a particular model that kind of drives me on the update cycle, which is a little more frequent with a laptop than it would be with a desktop. Yeah, I admit, I agree. There's like a curve there, like in terms of like, how much am I paying? What am I getting out of this? How long has it been since I last updated? Because I'm, I'm a lot like you, John. I have both a laptop and a desktop. I just switched to a M2 Pro Mac Mini uh, this year. And I have an M1 Air, as I mentioned. Uh, I definitely found myself coveting the M2 Air when it came out because it's all redesigned and everything. And ooh, shiny, new. It's got MagSafe again. This is good. But I, it's like I can't justify it with a two-year-old, three-year-old computer. It's just not quite there yet. I feel like when the performance is still hitting okay, I don't want to you know, spend the money to upgrade on something that's kind of a marginal improvement. So we'll see what happens when that M3 MacBook Air comes out. On the phone side, yeah, I admit we're not like a, you know, our sample size here is all people who cover technology for a living. So yes, we're all probably on more aggressive upgrade cycles than the average user. I do swap my iPhone every year because I've got the iPhone upgrade program. And because uh, as Micah said, like, you know, and Flo said, I, you know, I, (laughs) I need to write about these things. And maybe if I had the option to, you know, test them out in other ways, I wouldn't be upgrading my personal phone as much but that's not where i am right now so yeah i upgrade my phone every year but yeah i I do find myself tempted um i do think i try to like rein it in a little bit and make sure that i'm not always just succumbing to the the flashiness of what's new but you know it's okay every once in a while if you just want something new that's fine thank you all for your answers to that topic let's go to our second topic which comes from flow Okay, so y'all know that I, well, you, you know now that I just got done with the Galaxy Z Fold 5 review um, up on Gizmodo if you want to read it. But it started to, you know, this is the second time that I've reviewed a folding smartphone and I really like the Fold, but, you know, I would never personally buy one at this stage in the game because it's it's still kind of a really niche thing. I do feel like if if Apple 
had an iPhone that folded, that maybe this category would be a little more dominant than it is now. So I'm curious. I know y'all are Apple users. And so I'm curious to know from your side of the fence, what would Apple have to do to get y'all to use a foldable phone? Is there a feature out there that like you just absolutely would need to live with? You know, what, what things would you consider? If the most um, feature-packed and performant phone that Apple released also happened to be the phone that folded, that is what it would take for me to choose that phone. If Apple released a foldable Pro and a non-foldable Pro, I would opt for the non-foldable Pro because I'm just not sold on foldables. But if the only way for me to get the uh, most you know, recent technology, the best cameras, the best this, the best that, basically forcing me into that choice in order to have the top of the line, then I would choose, I would go with the foldable. So it's kind of, it's almost as if they are are playing chicken with me, I guess. That's what they would need to do to get me on board with foldables. Because um, yeah, I want to have the 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 best camera array and all of the other stuff that comes with that. But I would prefer for my phone not to be a foldable. But if the only way to get that other stuff is if it folds, then I guess I guess my phone folds. If I can't beat them, fold them. Uh, John, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think for me, it would have to be something that is tough enough to live up to daily use, which I think has been kind of a problem with a lot of the foldables so far, although it's getting better, but it's it's still not perfect. And I don't think that something as much as I like the look of the Galaxy Z Flip, I really like that outside screen. I really don't want that form factor. For me, the other factor would be, could I get essentially an iPad mini, but fold it in half? Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with you, John. That's exactly what I was thinking. The the Something with the utility of an iPhone and then unfolded with the utility of an iPad is really kind of the sweet spot. And not to be too flip about it, but I feel like what it would take for me is for it to be good, right? Like, that's what's compelling about it is... A lot of these phones, I think, have suffered from compromises so far, and I think the the what Apple's going to need to do is prove, you know, in its sort of inimitable fashion, what is the story it wants to tell about what the utility of this phone is. And we see different takes on the foldable phones, right? We've seen ones that sort of ape the classic folding phones from you know the early two thousands. We've seen ones that do fold out into like small tablet size screens. I I'm kind of curious to see what Apple thinks is the advantage of this. Um, and I don't know how they would approach it, but to me, you know, some of the compromises that I think would probably not fly for them is the idea that you have a phone that's like twice as thick when it's folded, right? Like to me, that seems like something Apple looks at and goes, nah, like that's, that's clunky and, and a big brick and we're just not going to do that. So I think, you know, if to, to Micah's point, I do think if there were a foldable phone that Apple offered, I would probably get it because I figure, A, see, previous question, I would only have it for a year, <laughs> so I wouldn't necessarily be locked in. <laughs> um, but B, it's it would probably be they have a really good reason to try it, and I, I need to use it. I need to understand what that is. So I, I feel like it's being Apple being able to sell me on why do I want a foldable phone is it that I have the convenience of an iPad in my pocket, uh, or is there some other advantage to this that I'm not seeing? So maybe that's kind of vague as an answer, but I feel like that's kind of what it would take me to to make the jump. 
Flo, why don't you wrap us up here? Well, and I would agree that the reason Apple doesn't have a folding smartphone is because it doesn't need one. The iPad mini does serve that purpose that the Z Fold currently has now. Um, But you're right, Dan. There are compromises. You got to make compromises to walk around with a phone in your pocket that makes it look like you have swinging udders. <laughs> I hope that's, that's what I wrote in my review. review. Good, excellent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, that's two topics down, two topics to go, which of course means it's halftime here at Clockwise. And this week's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. Fall is right around the corner, and HelloFresh is here to help you plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered to your door. Simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last days of summer knowing that dinner is covered. I mean, after all, after all this fall, you've got places to be and standing in the checkout line is not one of them. So you can leave the meal planning and grocery shopping to HelloFresh with pre-portioned ingredients and easy step-by-step recipes delivered to your door. You'll save so much time and cut out the hassle. I always love it when we get a sponsor that I use and I've been using HelloFresh for many years. I love it. My wife and I get a box every couple of weeks uh, and use it to supplement some of our other meal planning because A, we like the variety. We like learning new recipes and I've learned a lot of cool techniques from HelloFresh that I've been able to apply to my own cooking and because sometimes you just need that hassle taken out of your dinner planning because you know we both work busy lives and having something at the end of the day where that choice is already made for us uh is fantastic so we, we take off turns we both cook using the meal kit and um we get a lot of really good stuff i particularly like their fish dishes they're actually really great so go to hellofresh.com clockwise 50 and use 50 clockwise for 50 percent off plus free shipping. That's all lowercase letters H E L O F R E S H dot com slash fifty clockwise five o clockwise. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Go right now to HelloFresh.com slash clockwise fifty and use fifty clockwise for fifty percent off plus free shipping. Our thanks to HelloFresh for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, halftime is over. Micah, what do you have for us? Yeah, so there's been a lot of um, arguably silly controversy over the movement of the iPhone's end call button in uh, the upcoming version of iOS, iOS 17. Um, It has since been moved back to the middle, but uh, there was a lot of kind of, whoa, where's the call button going? And it made me want to ask, what is a UI or UX change that you've experienced at some point that kind of sticks out to you as something that really ground or grinds your gears? Uh, John, we'll start with you. This is a great question, and I, I actually had a hard time coming up with an answer because the reality is I live in beta software so much that I am numb <laughs> True. to all UX and, and UI issues. But the thing that really bothered me a while back was when the Siri button moved on the Apple TV remote to the side because it uh... feels like... No matter what happens, whenever I grab that remote, when in the middle of watching TV, maybe to turn the volume up or something, I invariably press the Siri button and interrupt every one of my family's watching. So that one still drives me a little bit bonkers because I forget it's on the side, I grab the remote, and all of a sudden I've interrupted all the watching. I have two, uh, one of which happened a long time ago, but it's been revised a couple times since then, which is the 
In messages on iOS, there used to be a button to just add a photo, and now it's buried beneath a menu. Um, yeah. In the most recent beta, I know you can press and hold. It's still a little clunky. I just miss like I. I'm sorry. I don't want to put all your apps in. I don't. Want, I just want to send a picture to someone. <laughs> Uh, a use case that is very common. Uh, so I really, that annoys me to this day. Uh, the other one is sort of a broader one, but a few years back, Apple, uh, I think around the time the HomePod came out or shortly thereafter, they changed the AirPlay interface so that it now has two separate interfaces, one that manages other yeah. like playback devices and one that just is like, oh, you're sending audio to a speaker. This is one of the worst user interfaces on all of Appledom. It annoys me constantly because it's like, oh, but I started playing this thing here, but now it's been taken over by that speaker and I need to get it back. Oh, but I'm no longer in sync with where I was. It is a mess. It drives me bananas. So those are my two most recent ones. And Apple, if someone out there wants to fix them, I'm here. I'm ready to talk. I'll be, I'll be <laughs> calm and everything. Uh, Flo, what about you? Um. Why didn't Google tell me that they were going to move where my downloads uh, uh, marker goes? Because you see, folks, this last week in the Chrome browser, or the last two weeks, out of nowhere, Google moved to the part of where it tells you your downloads go from the bottom of the browser, where it's been since the beginning of the internet, to the top right corner of the browser, embedded where all your extensions and all the other things are. (laughs) And this was, this this has been annoying me. This has been annoying me. So that's what's been annoying me lately. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, because you're going, okay, did it download? Where, what, is it, uh, did I, did I click the right button? That would be very frustrating. It's just a different experience. Absolutely. So that's, that annoyed me. Um, I am glad you all had the opportunity to kind of, breathe and get that out. My, um, one of, one of the changes, uh, that still bothers me to this day is for some reason, um, Google decided that, uh, if you have a, like a business account that, um, your sheets and docs and all of those will no longer have that little chat functionality built into it. And so we used to, uh, at Twit, whenever we were doing shows where, you know, it's co-hosted, we would use the little chat in the spreadsheet to be able to talk to each other and say, oh, you know, I'm going to take this question next or whatever. And so it could all happen in the one window. Now we have to, like an animal, use Slack separately as a way to message each other <laughs> as we're doing the show. And it's it's still here whenever you're not in a business account. I see the chat. I could type something into the chat right now. But for some reason, it's gone from the business version. So annoying. Um, and then the other thing that... uh I I want to mention, because this just got so many people riled up way back in November of 2015, Twitter, when it was still called Twitter, uh, decided to change the stars, which were called favorites at the time, (laughs) to a heart icon that (laughs) then became likes. And everyone was so bad about it. And uh, to this day, I still kind of have a just just an eensy weensy teensy bit of um, of I don't know, a moment of hesitation whenever I hit a heart because I'm like, man, that's a real commitment, isn't it? The good news, Micah, is no bad decisions were made on Twitter past that point. That is true. That was the last bad decision ever made on Twitter. Uh, that is a, a that is something that Dan Morin asserts, and you can find him <laughs> online at D Morin. Uh, do not talk to me about that. Uh, <laughs> thank you all for your complaints on that one. Let us go to our final topic, which comes from John. 
All right. So mine's about tech frustrations too. And my question for the group is, if there was one thing in kind of your day-to-day tech life that you could change by waving your magic wand, what would it be? Do I need to repeat my AirPlay complaint? No. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to pick on a device that I love. It's not a high-tech device, but it is one of my favorite, which is my tea robot, which is my electric kettle that also brews tea. And I love it. It's great. I can set it for a time in the morning. It keeps stuff warm. This is all fantastic. However, if I could change one thing about it, it would be this. Sometimes my wake-up time is variable, and I don't want to reset the timer every time, like before night, like think about, oh, when am I going to get up in the morning? So I want the ability from my phone. It's not a smart device, so I know it doesn't have this, but I want the ability from my phone to either say, like snooze, like, okay, uh, I'm not I'm not getting up yet, snooze so I don't have to like leave my tea sitting there until it gets cold, or I want the ability to say start now. So if I wake up early before it's actually brewed, I can be like, oh, I don't have to wait to go downstairs and wait for it to boil. I can just like turn over in the bed, hit that on my phone, it starts brewing it, and then by the time I'm ready to go downstairs, it's already there. So really what I want is some form of smart feature for this otherwise medium smart but not fully smart device and it would make my life a lot better Flo, what about you i just want to play nice with the blue bubbles (laughs) (sighs) fair i just i just want to be i just want to be able to send a text message and not feel like some sort of outcast from another world um this is just my plea for apple to just say you know what we'll adopt rcs Let's do it. Let's be friends. Do you need a hug, Flo? I feel like you need a hug. I want well, this Well, you know, though. this is a question about waving a magic wand. So this is world peace. And this I, it'll is be how, good. I agree. You know. Yeah. From yeah. from my side of, like, I have a low level of anxiety sending someone on Android a message because I don't know if <laughs> it's going to get to them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, if, if I, should I include two images in it or should I send the images one at a time? It might get lost the when text the pony delivers it. I mean, if the text message is over 200 characters, is it going to be delivered in weird bits? Like, how is this going to, what's going to, I don't know what will happen. I kid you not. I have tested sending messages before with my own Google Pixel to see how I can expect it's going to show up for them on the other end of things. So I'd love it if we all played in the same uh, sandbox, um, Mm -hmm. hopefully free of cats because nobody wants to get ringworm. But Mm -hmm. um, I so the the magic wand waving that I would do is that it is it is for my happiness and my um, sanity. And it is simply that uh, Wi-Fi suddenly becomes as strong, resilient, and dependable as Ethernet. And it is yes. not because I have an issue myself. I pretty much like any mission critical device I have is Ethernet connected, but because my partner, um, who is a gamer uh, and whose device is not on the Ethernet, anytime it starts not connecting properly to something, because I am the technologyable in the home, then, you know, it's my fault that it's not working. And so I just, I just want things to work perfectly, even though Wi-Fi is not as good as Ethernet. Yeah, I magic wand, Ethernet, Wi-Fi. Uh, John, why don't you round us out here? Yeah, that, that would be fantastic. I would like to magically give everybody two to three X the battery life on every single device 
place that they own because <laughs> I feel like all I do all day is plug things in <laughs> and and that's it. I mean, it's a really simple one. I don't want to have to charge my devices nearly as much as I do. So I'm going to magically grant the world more battery capacity. Woo! It's incredibly generous of you, and we really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. That has four topics down. We got just enough time for a bonus topic, but I want to remind all of you out there that if you would like to support the show and look great doing it, you can get a Clockwise shirt. Just go to clockwise.social slash shirt. Get your choice of sizes, colors, different types of shirts. Um, there's even there's like onesies and tank tops, all of that for emblazoned with our fancy, awesome clockwise graphic there. So go pick one up again. That's clockwise.social slash shirt and you'll help support me and Micah and the show. All right. Bonus topic. I want to know what was your favorite breakfast cereal as a kid and do you still like it? Flo? I loved Lucky Charms. But I would not go for that now as an adult. I always go for the chocolate variety. So a Cocoa Puff, a Cocoa Pebble, a Cocoa Crispy. That's where we're at. Nice. Um, I remember it was like we were just rolling in riches. It was like caviar when uh, we had Honey Bunches of Oats. Mom would get the box of Honey Bunches of Oats every once in a blue moon. And you could almost count on that bag of cereal being gone uh, within two days, uh, as there were four of us kids. And um, I would, it's hard to say if I like it now. Um because I have not eaten it in a really long time. I think that I probably wouldn't because it would probably be far too sweet for me at this point. But um, I, I like the idea of it. Yeah, it's the, the different textures and everything that's uh, so enjoyable. Uh, John, what about you? I'm going to go with Captain Crunch because you know what? I loved it as a kid and Captain Crunch and a good cup of coffee as an adult is a pretty decadent treat. It's very, oh, very yeah. good. It just kind of sweetens that coffee as you drink it in the morning. When Micah said caviar, I really thought he was going to say cavities. And I, was like, yep, I mean, that is breakfast cereal. Your tea. Yep. Um, weirdly, I was a strange kid. We didn't have like any of the marshmallow or like super sweet cereals. But I loved a Kellogg cereal called Product 19, which was basically like a total kind of thing. Um, and as to whether or not I still like it, they stopped making it and it makes me angry. So I'm very sad about that. But thank you all for that serial content. Hey, if you'd like to get ad-free episodes with an extra overtime topic every single week, you can become a member of Clockwise. Just go to relay.fm slash clockwise. You can sign up for just $5 a month or $50 a year, and you'll help support the show. In this week's overtime topic, we're talking about third-party app stores. And with that, we have reached the end of this week's episode. All that remains is for us to thank our fantastic guests. Florence Ion, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. And John Voorhees, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me too. And Michael will be back next week at our regularly scheduled time. So until then, we remind everybody out there listening, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. <laughs>